Hello, my name's Dan. I'm the secretary of the Young Fabian Communication Network. This is the first in our webcast series. Um, today I'll be interviewing Martin Ederbor. We'll be talking all things EU referendum, Jeremy Corbyn's leadership and Trident, as well as a few things which are going on at the moment with the Labour Party and the Fabian Society. I'm here with Martin Edible, Chair of the Young Fabian Society. Um, we're going to talk today about the Fabian Society, um, some wider things going on within the Labour Party and what to look out for with the Labour Party and the Young Fabians. Um, so firstly, Martin, Perda has been called for the EU referendum. Yes, it has. Yes, um, it has. Boris Johnson's getting a lot of attention over at G7 for his remarks comparing mm. Hitler to the EU. Mm. Um, do you think that Labour is doing enough to mobilise its opinion and if so, is it enough to get the vote out? Yeah, so, you know, we're on such an interesting period um, in the run-up to the EU referendum, and, you know, it's crucial to get the Labour vote out. Um, I do think that the party was slow off the mark in terms of, um, you know, getting into the, the debates, but I think Jeremy Corbyn has now very much um, started to make the case for the Labour case for staying in the... Um, European Union and we've got battle bosses going around the country. Alan Johnson is doing a great job leading the Labour in campaign and speaking to people around the country and in particularly the young people out there. Um, the crucial thing is that the Labour vote will win it. We need to mobilise our voters up and around the country and it's not going to be an easy task because many people are sceptical of the about the EU and do have concerns but if we make the loud and strong Labour case, then it will make a difference. And what we are seeing now is that you know, the party is bringing in heavyweights, such as Gordon Brown, who spoke at the Fabian Society conference last week, to make that uniquely and very strong social democratic case for Britain's staying in the EU. Um, what do you believe the case to be, the, the Labour case for the European Union? Yeah, the, How would you get that across? So it's, it's simple. The European Union, despite its faults, has done so much tremendous amount of good in terms of creating the European Social Charter, enshrining worker rights, such as the European Working Time Directive, mm. which you know states that employers can't overwork their employees, uh, pay protection rights, gender equality. You know, I could go on. The you know, the European Union has ensured that being a worker in, the Brit in Britain is good and it protects workers from exploitative employers. In addition to that, there's other um, policy areas, you know, such as you know, LGBT rights that the European Union have um, helped on. It's this idea that, you know, the idea that we, if we left the EU, somehow workers' rights would be better, somehow working conditions would improve is, is false. If we had a conservative majority government with Britain out of the EU, those rights aren't going to be around that much longer. I completely agree. Um, but as for those on the left who are worried about TTIP, what would you, what would you say to them? TTIP is, you know, a free trade agreement. I understand that there's a lot of concerns. I have my own concerns about um, certain aspects of TTIP. Mm. But one thing that we have to remember is that the European Union is a trading bloc. One of the benefits of us being in the European Union is that it allows Britain to trade and have access to this huge single market. 
In addition to that, the European Union have to be able to trade internationally with other global players like America, like um, some of the uh, you know rising countries such as India and Brazil. And you know, TTIP is a trade agreement you know between America and Europe. Um, some aspects of it isn't great, but I think that you know there are we have been given certain assurances. For example, the NHS will be openly protected and. You know the negotiations are ongoing, so I don't think we should be concerned regarding kind of TTIP. What we should be concerned about is protecting and preserving some of the rights that we have gained, for example, human rights, um, the you know the European Convention on Human Rights, you know things like that that we have gained through Europe that we may lose if we leave. Mm. Um, just moving away from the EU, a little yep. closer to home. Jeremy Corbyn yesterday calling some advisers to review the links between the Leader's Office and the Parliamentary Labour Party. Yeah. Um, there was some mudslinging at PMQs yeah. as to your party split, no, your party split mm -hmm. um, on Europe and Trident respectively. Um, is the Labour Party split? And if so, how can we overcome this to gain victory in 2020? So in terms of, that's it's a very good question, is the Labour Party split? Um, first of all, if we compare and contrast with the Conservatives, we are way more united than they are currently. Yeah. You know, the Tories are divided over Europe. In addition to that, they they're fundamentally divided on what path our country should take um, going forward. Um, you know, we do have policy differences within our party, but, you know, for example, there are policy differences over Trident. We mm. cannot deny that. There are small positive differences over the way we manage and move forward on the economy, but we are far more united at the moment, the Labour Party, than the Conservatives. Mm. Um, however, you know, more unity is needed, that is for sure. And I'm you know, a founding member of an organisation called Consensus, yeah. and we're working with, and it, we are being led by um, you know, MPs such as Stephen Kinnick, John Cradas, and Seema Malhotra. And we are kind of, it's a non aligned group aimed at uniting the various wings of the party and creating a common platform going forward into 2020. And what I would say is that, you know, it is very early in the parliamentary term. And what is needed is for all wings of the party to unite, to get their heads together and think about a common platform and set of policies that we can adopt and all be happy with going forward. I would say there are certain uh, policy areas, such as Trident, which may be potentially irreconcilable um, because you have to be either pro or anti-Trident. But once we've had those debates and those discussions yeah. and you know they've been had and then be settled, we can then come together um, through a common platform. Just, just on Trident, do you think that the best way of overcoming it is to hold a free vote, or do you think that could lead to the kind of splits we're seeing in the Tory government at the moment? Yeah. So, with the issue of Trident, it's a very complicated um, policy area because, you know, on the one hand, there are those who, you know, continue to, um, you know, say that they are anti-Trident based on a moral principle of being anti-nuclear weapons. Mm. We also have a wing of our party from the trade unions, for example, the GMB, who are very pro-Trident because of the jobs that are at our state. And then the other element, which you know, believe fundamentally in the power of deterrence and the importance of having our Trident nuclear weapons because we currently live in an uncertain world. So, you know, 
we, in terms of whether there should be a free vote or not, in my view, the policy of our party is currently to renew the Trident nuclear weapons. Um, you know, there was potentially going to be a debate at a conference. I don't think it it happened. Um, that is our current policy. Yeah. If a vote were to come in, you know, October, November, or you know, be, you know, after conference, then possibly there could be a vote at conference. If the vote were to be brought forward before conference, we would have to approach it with what our current policy is, and that's to renew Trident. Yeah. Um, whether there will be a free vote or not will be de determined by the, the leader's office, and that is all up to Jeremy Corbyn and his team to decide. Um, but from my understanding and many people's understanding within the party is that our current policy is to reduce Trident and, you know, if a vote were to come tomorrow, that should be our policy. If a vote were to come tomorrow, where would you stand on the divide? Okay, that's, that's a very interesting question. So as a, as a Fabian, um, you know, my view is that the Labour Party has always been an internationalist party, mm. a party which, you know, believes that we should have you know a strong army and defense you know in in in, in this and it's no more important than it is today in the world we live um personally i am pro renewing trident for a multitude of reasons first of all um you know i still think that nuclear deterrence is relevant today and being a unilateralist um doesn't really get us kind of anywhere in terms of kind of security um, in addition to that, there are a huge amount of jobs at stake, at stake, and you know what are we going to do with those um, workers who rely on Trident um, for their you know daily living? Where are they going to go? We need to think about their jobs. And lastly, I'm not I, I you know I think that Trident in its current form, maybe there is room for discussion to discuss whether we should reform it, whether we should have two submarines, whether we should have a partnership with the French where we have rotating kind of submarine um, and provision. I think there's a discussion to be had whether the form of Trident we have at the moment is appropriate for the kind of modern age we live. However, I do think that fundamentally we should still have a nuclear deterrence because it is still relevant as a, rep, a weapon today and it's still important um, in light of the geopolitical situation we find ourselves in. Okay, a strong case made there. Um, just on the Young Fabians themselves, so how would you describe the Young Fabians as an organisation? The Young Fabians are you know, very interesting as an organisation. Um, we have over 1,800 members around the country and we are the youth section of the Fabian Society. And the Fabian Society, for those who are watching, are, is a centre-left think tank, the, one of the oldest think tanks in this country, founded in the late 19th century by intellectual thinkers um, such as Sidney and Beatrice Webb, H.G. Wells. And um, they came together to provide the intellectual foundation for what became the Labour movement and was there in the founding of the Labour Party, hence why we are a socialist society with formal representation um, on the National Executive Committee of the Labour Party. The Young Fabians was you know, established later on in the 1960s as a space where members under the age of 31 could come together, discuss policy, produce policy and basically learn about the intellectual rigour of the policy making process in addition to kind of campaigning on various issues and providing as a training ground for some of our most distinguished public um, figures and public servants 
within the Labour movement. Today, the Young Fabians is a different beast. It's a lot bigger. We have seven policy networks ranging from law network to an international network to your communication networks. And we do a range of things such as international delegations, we run podcasts, we um, hold conferences. And the way I see the Young Fabians today is still that intellectual you know play training ground for kind of future um kind of political leaders but also i see it as a place where people can form lifelong networks and friendships um that they can use going forward and you know my my term comes to an end as chair in um late october and it's great seeing the growth we've had throughout this year, and I'm sure that the Young Fabians will continue to grow stronger and stronger. Um, and what should we look out for in the near future? Oh, in the near future, we have a whole range of things. Um, so currently, we have a Defence and Security Review, which was launched by uh, Emily Thornbury a few weeks ago, yeah. and that is being led by our Secretary, Ben West. And um, we also have a Women in Leadership programme at the moment run by our, our Vice Chair, Ria Bernard, who is um, taking kind of uh, the lead on highlighting the role of women in public life and also providing workshops for our um, 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 women members. And how much can you tell us about the US delegation? At the oh, yes, yes, that's something uh, I almost forgot to mention. Yeah, the US delegation is huge. It's been led by... Um, Victoria Desmond, who's on the international network, and also deputy uh, led by Alex Gezard, and it's a great um, delegation. It's going to be two. Um, there's going to be one in um, since September, late September, and another in November. And that delegation is basically lead. The first delegation is going to lead a, a you know a, a, a group of young Fabians to the key battleground states mm. where they're going to take the fight to Donald. Trump <laughs> and the second delegation is being um, co-organised with the FWN and um, a few other key stakeholders and that is going to be a general campaigning um, delegation in late November. The deadline sadly for the first delegation has closed mm. but there is going to be opportunities to hopefully go on the second delegation which members will hear about soon. Great, well thanks for coming to talk to us today Martin. No worries. It's been a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Take care.